Welcome to the Think and Reform podcast. This week, we are talking about faith in institutions, critical thinking in the lockdowns, 2020 victims of circumstance or self-inflicted, and racism and abortion. All this week, here on the Think and Reform podcast. It's the Think of Reform podcast. We're live right now, and uh, we have Joel Saint. He's here. Say hello, Joel. Hey, good morning, everyone. And John Bingaman. Good morning. And Jim Mogul's here as well. Good morning. So this is the first time we've ever done this podcast. We are all part of the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society. And Dad, why don't you go ahead and talk about the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society real quick. Yeah, the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society was formed about seven or eight years ago. And our purpose was to discuss items that the Scripture discusses that pastors do not, for the most part, the churches do not uh, talk about. Interestingly enough, I'm afraid that, um, well, um, we had a lot of material to work with because there's an awful lot of things that the Bible talks about that pastors don't. For example, a lot of pastors will say, uh, I, you know, we don't uh, discuss politics from the pulpit. I was thinking about that this week. Jesus Christ says in, um, in, in Revelation, I am the king of kings. He is the ruler of the kings of the earth. That sounds downright political to me. Van, or, or um, excuse me, Mars has been talking about this for, for years. Unfortunately, we've had an awful lot of material to work with because, like I say, there's volumes in the Bible that the Bible talks about that the pastors won't. That's what uh, Mars has been doing with uh, lectures uh, throughout our our time and um, attempting to uh, educate as many folks as we can. Okay. So this month, what we do here on the Think and Reform podcast, uh, it's a roundtable discussion where everyone brings an article or maybe a video clip or a book or a passage of scripture and we talk about it, especially as it relates to society, the culture, the church, um, you know, the Bible, and all these things. So, Dad, what do you got for us this month? Yes, I'd like to talk, Luke, about the um, about the loss loss of faith, shall we say, in in our, ex- our institutions, many of them, and maybe not so much the loss the loss of faith in the institutions, but the failure of the object of that faith. Um, do you, do, did you have faith, for example, in in voting? Well, that's taken quite a hit. Um, how about um, you know the old adage? Well, if you don't like the people in power, vote them out. Well, I say now, good luck with that. Yeah, uh, we just got totally cheated out of uh, a, a, out of an election. Whether whether or not you are a uh, Trump supporter, no, there's no doubt that cheating uh, went on. But uh, okay, there goes that. The object of that faith. See, and I'm afraid, Luke, that the faith is still there. That's what worries me. Mm. Um, and I want to give an example right here. We got a. Um, this is from a uh, county uh, Republican chairman, and um, he says this. And I, I, I want to demonstrate the fact that you, you know the object of your faith w- survives the lack of logic. 
even the lack of history. Look how many times we've been lied to in this COVID thing, and yet people still have faith. And that's why when you try to argue with people about COVID and you give them some facts, it doesn't change their mind at all mm -hmm. because it's a matter of faith. It's not a matter of facts uh, with these folks. So here, here he says it's it's a um, it's it's a. Um, uh, uh, email that he sent out and he says America first is the Republican Party we must carry on stay engaged and become educated elections are the way and the only mechanism for the governed uh, to govern the government oh, without free sense. open accurate and local honest elections nothing else matters now get this next okay and I would almost uh, okay uh, uh, sort of yeah but get this next thing our Republican <laughs> okay I shouldn't laugh I can't read this without laughing. Our Republican state legislature is committed to reinstilling election integrity. Let's ensure this happens. <laughs> okay, you know what the time to ensure that this happens might have been before yeah. the uh, Electoral College was seated, right. maybe. And then he goes on to say this. The Democrats did not win the election. They cheated, got caught. And the Republican legislatures in the contested states decided to turn the other way. Let them win. Let's see now. I think that was Pennsylvania too. Mm -hmm. Do you see the faith happening here? We still have faith in the election process while stating in almost the same paragraph that those same people, our state legislature, which we want to fix it, were sitting on their hands mm -hmm. at best yeah. during, this, during this whole time. So uh, faith is such a powerful thing, and the objects of our faith have let us down. Um, how about the Republican Party? Did you have faith in the Republican Party? I hope you see that that was radically and seriously misplaced. Did you have faith uh, in our courts? You know, thousands of affidavits. The courts wouldn't even look at them, said there's no such thing as evidence. I'm no lawyer. But I'm pretty sure an affidavit is evidence. Mm -hmm. You know, someone swear. Why would you swear that mm -hmm. something happened? Right. If this isn't evidence, what, what do you want? A movie camera? Mm -hmm. uh, is, is that what you want? Is well, that, we, we did have a movie actually, camera. Actually, they had that. Yeah, they did have a movie camera. <laughs> yeah. and, and, that's, and that's not good enough <laughs> yeah, either. That's not good enough. Yeah. So how, how's your faith in our courts coming along? And I think God in his great wisdom and, frankly, mercy is destroying the objects of our faith that are not based on based in him and grounded in him because the fact of the matter is if we don't have a legislature if we don't have courts that ultimately answer to god and operate in the fear of god mm -hmm. we will be always let down by these objects of our faith because they themselves are disobedient to god himself right. and if they are not governing in his name they are by definition disobedient to him. We cannot have faith in any kind of an object that does not itself subject itself to the word of God and the law of God. John? <laughs> Who's going to argue with that? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's, a, there's a thing, and I hate to, I hate to even use the word psychology, but it, it, it's an idea called the normalcy bias. The, this idea that things will return to normal. Uh, we've, uh, you know, I'm 67 years old. I, I grew up in, in here in Pennsylvania. You don't look a day older than 66, John. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Joel. I appreciate that. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I went to public school. I was taught civics. I uh, learned my civic duty and was taught faith in the system. And, and all these things worked. And even when things went off the rails a little bit, uh, 
things would return to normal. And that's my bias, and it's everybody's bias. Mm-hmm. And we tend to think that when, uh, when things do go off the rails, when things get wacky, well, it's just for a season, and it will return. We're all fighting with here is this idea of, of continuing faith. We're fighting with the normalcy bias. We're fighting with people thinking it's going to get better, it's going to return to what we expect and in my life I've never seen the the complete disconnect uh, that we've seen in in this uh, election where people see it with their own eyes but refuse to believe that this is the new normal mm-hmm. that we may never ever see a fair election again why why would somebody stop cheating now when it's clear that they can get away with it? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, it, it's it, it's hard to argue with your point. We need a bedrock uh, bottom line of what's right, uh, where truth comes from, and people are at, at, at the moment they're basing that in their government, mm-hmm. that the government tells us what's right and we can trust them. Yeah. That's and that's a that's idolatry. That's just out and out wrong. Yeah, I I I got to look at the people who who are looking at the situation. I got to wonder, you know, they're they're probably saying, well, what else is there? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, besides this, this is the way it is. You got to trust the system. You know, it, okay, maybe there was cheating, but you know, what else are we gonna do? What what else am I gonna put my hope and my faith and my trust in? You know, there is no plan B. There's no other option. We just gotta just gotta accept it. I guess yeah. Yeah. as long as I'm not affected. Jim? Yeah, uh, I, I, as John said, I can't argue with it. I jump ahead to maybe uh, what does it mean to us and what do we do with it? Uh, I find myself in the, same, in the same boat thinking, well, you know, there's another election in four years. What are we going to do then? And, and uh, probably the wrong question to ask. Um, do we stop voting? I don't know. I mean, I, I know good Christians who have stopped voting a long time ago for the reasons that we're talking here. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they're right. So, uh, y- yeah, what, what, what is our response? Do we, uh, the, the obvious thing is, is, to, uh, is to take God's word into the public square and, and, and preach it and, and, and draw people to Christ. And, and, and that, that's... Uh, that's a given. But then after that, how, how do we how do we behave now in the political sphere? Do we do we uh, do we withdraw? Do we look for candidates? And, and and if we look for a candidate, is that just counterproductive based on what we're talking about here? Why do you need a candidate if the election is rigged and he can't possibly win? <laughs> Which, which also brings us back to the old, the, the, the thing we've been fighting for years. Uh, when you do come up with a candidate and people say, well, why bother because he can't win? This whole thing is filled with paradoxes when you, when you really consider how do we handle it and what do we do with it and where do we go from here? Um, so uh, I, I've raised a lot of questions and not given many answers here. Well, and you say... Uh, do we withdraw? Withdraw to where? You know, there's no yeah. place. There's no yeah. place to run. Um, 
I'm convinced that the enduring uh, allure of uh, outer space movies, uh, Star Trek and Star Wars, is, <laughs> is that it, there's a frontier. Yeah. There's some place to withdraw to. Right. And, and that's very appealing, especially to the American psyche. You know, there was always the West. You could move West. Well, n now you can't yeah. because you might step on somebody's wetlands and goodness <laughs> knows the snail darter is going to go extinct. There's no <laughs> place to go withdraw. Maybe, maybe what we should be looking at is, is uh, leveraging <clears throat> the situation. M maybe, maybe it will become so obvious. I mean, how, how obvious does it have to be before people start looking and, 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 and seeing that there's something wrong? Is there, is there, uh, is there opportunity for us in this? I, can you name a situation in history where something became so obvious to people without the Bible being there first? You know, without without the pastors mm -hmm. pushing it. You know, is there a situation where we they all just woke up? And, you know, and you know, I hate when people on woke. Facebook, <laughs> Did you just say <laughs> figured it figured it out? I, I really hate. There's there's two things that I hate when people say. Number one, do your research, and number two, wake up, America. I oh my word, I hate it so much. You know why, Luke? Well, well. First off, do your research. It doesn't mean do your research. It means just think the way I do. That's what. That's what. That's what do your research means. Because we all do our research. You know, we all read the dumb articles from CNN and, and Fox and and what have you. We all read the articles. Um, but as as uh, Paul Michael Raymond has pointed out, education is not informational. It's it's a uh, uh, what did he say? It's uh, it's provisional, right? So we it's it's uh, it's like optional. You can't possibly know everything, so you have to choose which stuff is important to know, right? So when you say do your research, people have read the articles. It doesn't researching. You're not going to research your way out of ignorance. Okay, it's never going to happen. You can't reason your way to truth. You reason from truth. So all the answers to these problems. It's not about the article. It's not about the study. It's not about the doctor. Because you know how that game goes. You know, I say, well, my family, my physician, like you said, Jim, my physician said this was bogus from the beginning. Well, the next question was, okay, first the question is, well, who are you? You're not, you're not a, a authority, Jim. You don't know what you're talking about. He said, well, my my family physician. Then the next question is, is he an epidemiologist? No, he's not. Okay, well, there goes his opinion, right? Because right, before right. I said yep. you had to be a health professional. Well, he's a health professional. But is he an epidemiologist? And it just keeps on going up, right? And then after that, is he a virologist, right? So and it just keeps going up and up and up until, you know, my expert can beat up your expert. So I, all these, you don't need the right expert. You don't need the right virologist or epidemiologist, the latest article. All the problems that we face in society can be found in the Bible, okay? Um, true, true enough. If, if the fear of the Lord is truly the beginning of wisdom, yes, then we absolutely have to start there. Right. And, and that is such a wonderful filter because we can look now at, at all these experts and you know what? They all hate Christ. Yeah. They all hate his word. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That should maybe give us a clue. Yeah, right. P perhaps. Right. Maybe right. if we really believe the Bible. But therein lies the problem in American Christianity. Right. Do we really believe the Bible here? Right. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about what Jim was saying there, and I want to address that a, a bit. If we are proclaiming the authority of Christ, that doesn't change. Mm -hmm. If we are proclaiming the fact that all goodness and righteousness comes through the cross of Christ mm -hmm. and no place else. Yeah. That hasn't changed. What has changed is the amount of support that you will get for it. Mm -hmm. That has radically changed. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about this, and I think I'm going to be preaching about this tomorrow. I was thinking about Elijah, right? 
And Elijah would have been an absolute pariah. I mean, and, and, and here's the thing. We're worried about the flow of information now. Of course, we should be. Right. Talk about flow of information. There's Elijah on the run most of the time, mm-hmm. right? Who's controlling all the information? Ahab and Jezebel, babes. Right. They're, they're in charge of information, right? And they can say truthfully that this drought that we're experiencing right now, a three-year drought, mm-hmm. is the fault of Elijah. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, and he's Yahweh's prophet. Uh, how about that, guys? And so this is what we need to be focused on, at least to some great degree. At what point do we say, you know what? We must be weeping at our offenses against God. Mm-hmm. That was the solution to the drought then. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like to go get Elijah and I don't know, put him in, in you know, in a, in a stretch, stretch him out, or you know, hang him up by his wrist or right. whatever until yeah. he says, okay, it can rain again. Yeah. Th- that wasn't the solution. The solution was repentance and weeping at, at the great wickedness that was going on. Right. And right now, it's going to happen to us. There are people that are going to be in charge of the information, and we will be a pariah, uh, not as bad as Elijah probably, but very, very badly. Right. And so we cannot say, well, you know, we cannot anymore promote the authority and the saving power of Jesus Christ. Because if we don't do it now, wow, how serious were we before? Heard a great Spurgeon quote, and I'll wrap up with this, at least for now. Spurgeon saying, you know what? If, well, he didn't say, you know what? He didn't talk that way. I do. But he definitely did not. Charles Spurgeon, you know what? Um, Joel Spurgeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just quoting him. Um, he, he said, you know what? I did it again. He said, if, if you don't believe in God in the tough times, mm-hmm. then you don't believe him at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I was saying before is that people get confused because they say, do your research. And I hate when that's it, when they hate, I hate when they say it because the problem is is as you say many times it's not informational. We just don't have the right information. If I just get the right information, we can figure this out. Right. As these young numbskulls who graduate from college think, if we just get enough beautiful and smart people in the room, we can figure this out. They put the faith in the experts. But this is not a problem of information. It's not a problem of law. It's a problem of um, ignorance that can only be solved by the Bible. So all the epidemiologists in the world cannot. Um, interpret Pharaoh's dream. Okay, that was not the problem. The problem was you needed a godly and righteous man who had wisdom, and these problems can't be solved with the right epidemiologist. It can't be solved with enough information. So that's why I never say do your research because the answer is never found in the research. The answer is found in the Bible because we're not talking about finding uh, worldly problems uh, solutions to worldly problems as biblical solutions to worldly problems. The problem of this pandemic, if you will, quote unquote. Um, is not it, the the problem is not that uh, we have, you know, a, a sickness. The problem is that we're, our freedoms are being trampled on, right? So when I say do your research, what are they going to go research our freedoms? They're not going to do that. They're going to go research the uh, you know uh, the latest and greatest articles from the internet. So I hate when people say do your research because the answer is not found in research. The answer is found in the Bible. And and give me the most ignorant person in the world, like the Amish, for example. They don't know much about pandemics and COVID and all that kind of stuff, they're carrying on as normal because they know, they realized the problem was never in getting the right shots and getting the right, you know, ABC, XYZ. They just business as usual and they're fine. So I, I hate when people say that. And, and I hate when people say, wake up America, because it's like, wake up to what? Wait, I mean, I, I mean, you know, it, it's just trading one tyrant for another whenever they say that. Wake up, wake up America. Oh my word, I hate when people say that. Sorry. <laughs> 
Uh, John, what did you bring to the table oh, well, this week? Hang on. I just to, Not to say that the Amish are ignorant, okay? <laughs> Take yes. the most ignorant person in the world, like, like the Amish. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying that they're, they're not, they're the not Amish, out there. They're not, they're not out there, like, researching the latest and greatest articles. No, no, no. You know I, what I'm saying? I know what you mean. I just yeah. wanted to clarify that we don't think the Amish yes, are ignorant. Yes, we don't think the Amish are ignorant. And the, yeah, to, and, to, to your point about research, yeah. uh, uh, part, part of the problem there is... People either don't have the desire or the ability to think. So you say, do your research. They, research implies that you search out facts and then you think about them. Mm-hmm. And people have no desire to, to, to spend their time thinking. Well, if, it, if, it, it, it sort of goes back to our motto, think and reform. Right. Uh, that, that's, that's what we're about, trying to get people to think. And it, if they refuse also, to think, no amount, of, no amount of research is going to help That's them. right. We also assume that there's truth. Yes. Right. What, is right. there a common agreement on that today? Right. No. No, no, not not at all. No, not not at all. Well, there if, is. If I disagree with you, I just shut you down so that you can't speak. Yeah, there, there, there's it, common agreement on power. But not on truth. Yes. Well, there is a common agreement on truth that there is no truth. That's the yeah. common agreement. Yeah. When push comes to shove. Yeah. <laughs> That's the truth claim. Right? Yeah. And so the research that's needed is biblical research. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. Because right. at at the end of the day, I don't care. I, I don't care if it's the bubonic plague. That doesn't mean we burn the Constitution and my rights get taken away. That's not the answer because people who are arguing against this saying we need to take rights away. We need to take rights away right now. We need to stop people from getting together. We need to stop people. And 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 if I say do your research. You know, that's not that's not the solution. I don't care if, if it's the bubonic plague. We don't get our rights taken away from us. Yeah, I got some research for you from Romans. Talk about people that don't fear God. Destruction and misery are in their ways. Mm-hmm. And somehow we've decided that if they have a certain degree behind their name or if they're elected official or if they have a white coat or whatever, they can hate Christ. And somehow destruction and misery are not in their ways. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't matter. They, they will just be more effective at spreading destruction and misery. The thief doesn't come except to seal, kill, and destroy. How about some research like in the Bible, right. first of all? And then we'll be able to filter out this other nonsense. Right. But if we don't, if we don't, if we don't want to research the Bible, we will be totally lost. The blind—that's that, that's a horrific illustration Christ gives. The blind leading the blind. Oh, man. And, and the ones being led just have all the faith in the world. Yeah. In true. their leader. That's true. He's as blind as they are. Yeah. Right. How awful. Um, was that Romans 1 or Proverbs 1? Uh, Romans 1. Is that, I'm thinking destruction and misery are in their ways is Romans 1. Pretty sure. Okay. Okay. I never picked that up. How yeah. about that? John, what do you got this week? Well, actually, this is uh, kind of a follow-on because <clears throat> I wanted to talk about the, the lack uh, of critical thinking. Um, and... Uh, I was reviewing uh, for a different reason. I was I, I had to look at an article I wrote last March, uh, just when uh, the governor was shutting us down. Uh, it's an article I wrote for for Mars, and we put it on our website, and, and I entitled it uh, "Death in the Family." Uh, the idea being that when uh, <clears throat> when my my dad passed away, it was it. You know, it's a sad time. He, he had been ailing for some years, and um, uh, we were expecting it. And still, the call comes, and it's a blow. It's your dad. And you go through your day, and every five minutes, it comes back. Hmm. And it's in the back of your head. 
and it's in the back of your head for that day and that week and that month. And then it kind of sort of fades, but it still keeps coming back. It's a nagging thing at the back of your head, a, a death in your family. And uh, I wrote that in March when the governor had first shut down the economy here in Pennsylvania. And, and the, the, the level of economic ignorance, uh, people say, well, you know, no big deal. You know, a couple of weeks, what's it, what's it going to hurt? And uh, it, it, nobody seems to understand. You can't just start and stop economies, and it will destroy businesses. And that's, you know, that's being borne out. People, people still believe that, that we're going to get back to normal somehow, and, and yet uh, the auction sites are, are selling off restaurant equipment faster. Well, they're not selling it, but it's coming in for auction. Uh, as as business after business closes down, uh, but it, it, at the time I was wondering about where's our critical thinking, uh, and here we are, nine, almost ten months later, and I'm still wondering. Mm-hmm. We look at the overall mortality rates worldwide, which haven't changed. Um, we, we look at study after study that says masks might work, but clearly haven't made any difference whatsoever. Right. And the, nobody, nobody extra has died mm-hmm. worldwide. I'm not saying that COVID hasn't killed people. Mm-hmm. It's, it clearly has. But, you know, it, nobody, nobody wants to look and, and think about the facts. Mm-hmm. In, in the 2019 influenza season, it was projected that there were 56 million cases of influenza. Mm-hmm. In the 2020 influenza season, you know how many have been reported? 877. Yeah. 877. Not, not 877,000. Yeah. 877. Period. Versus 56 million the year before. Yeah. So where's... Where's our critical thinking? It, it just seems to have disappeared. Now, there's one of two things in play here. Either they lied to us about 56 million cases, mm-hmm. uh, and I've seen, the, I've seen uh, people make that case that um, they deliberately lied uh, year after year after year uh, inflating the number of influenza cases in order to sell uh, influenza vaccines, uh, and that it was never ever that kind of uh, that kind of numbers, um, or they're they're lying now about 877 cases mm-hmm. and, and COVID. So, but but that's a critical kind of a, that's a yeah that's assuming that there's a truth to be found mm-hmm. <laughs> and. And I just, uh, our, I, it seems to me that our critical thinking has been destroyed by a combination of state idolatry mm-hmm. and public schools, which, but I repeat myself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so it's, it's just, I know, I just, I was looking at this thing. I, it made me look like a prophet in March last year to say, this is nonsense. Yeah. Uh, right. Why could we see it? I mean, we're a couple of guys sitting here in Pennsylvania. Right. Why could we see that this was a fraud 
at the, the very start, at the start yeah. and every everybody else seems to have gone along with it. Mm-hmm. Everywhere I go, people are wearing masks. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. We know they don't work. Yeah, you know. Now people still hang their their stockings by the chimney with care, in hopes that Saint Nicholas soon will be there. Right. But we all know that Saint Nicholas <laughs> is not coming down, and and yet. That's what people are doing with masks. Yeah, that's what they're doing. You know, Jim? Yeah, uh, I, I think a lot of it goes back to uh, Paul's command to us in Romans 2 to renew our minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that gets passed off as something that's automatically given to Christians uh, on salvation, and it's not because Paul gave us a command to renew our minds. We renew our, we renew our minds by thinking and and by reading the bible mm-hmm. and and by observing the things around us and 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 thinking them through in light of the bible in in, in light of the bible yeah, yeah that, that that's how we're to renew our minds and 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 i think it's the most disturbing aspect of it to me is that you cannot see any discernible line between the church and the rest of the world yeah. on this oh. yeah so there's disgrace. no there's, they're, 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 uh, the, the front line of defense against all this nonsense <clears throat> is restaurants and gyms. You know, gym owners and restaurants are fighting the battles yes. that the church is supposed to be yes, fighting. Yes, and, and I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but chances are if you see somebody really standing up and really pushing back and really fighting, it's a woman, it's not a man. Mm. Wow. That's, that's also disturbing. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been so ashamed to be a man in my life. And so the women taking on taking on the tyrants. Yeah, this is horrible. Yes, that, that, and, and as a pastor, you know where where are where are the pastors? Right. Yeah, you know, and I was talking to um, a friend, a pastor friend uh, last night. He he pastors a church, a really uh, kind of an outdoor church in the Washington D.C. area. They go out and they protest abortion on Sundays. That's that, Ron Kranz, that, right? That's where they're. Yep, that's 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 my friend Ron Kranz. and he was talking about that very thing. It is it is a a a disaster here that what's ha- what happens in most churches is when the past the, the pastors are are ceos they're really good at gathering like protectors around them hmm. and if the pastor gets challenged <laughs> it's the protectors then that protect the pastor and ron was saying that's opposite you, right you're supposed to be the shepherd here yeah you're supposed to be protecting them right wow yeah if you can imagine a flock of sheep and in the middle of the flock of the sheep is the is the pastor is the shepherd right, right? and right. the wolves are attacking the sheep on the outside and right. they're trying to fight them off while the the pastor the shepherd in the middle is giving them orders on how to stop the wolves yeah that's yeah. that's essentially that's that's what that I is the across. picture of, yeah. of what's happening here yeah yeah when when uh, mike and i did that uh, went and talked to that church and we stood yeah. outside and we we exhorted and admonished that church if you will and those people we never talked to the pastor once he didn't want to talk to us you know, and if there should be one person, the first person to walk out those doors and talk to us, it should be the pastor. He, he should the be the cops. guy that's interested. Yeah, yeah. yeah, instead he called the cops, or somebody called the cops, and we had to put up with the um, the congregation and, and an elder here and there, and, and, and the assistant pastor had the audacity to come out and talk to us. Um, but other than that, the pastor just, you know, didn't, we, I didn't, I didn't even know what he looks like. I, 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 there was one guy I started talking to because he was so, he was so adamant about you know what we were doing there, I thought he was the pastor. I was like, surely this must be the pastor. And I called him the pastor. I called him by his name, and it was he goes, that's not who I am. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were the pastor, but I, I never even saw him once. And all we were doing was just standing outside talking to the congregation as they were walking in. That's it. What a disaster, Jim. What do you got for us this week? 
Oh, I wanted to talk about 2020. Okay. And uh, it gets passed off by a shortcut, an intellectual shortcut, I guess, uh, maybe lazy thought where where uh, people talk about I, I, I don't I'm not complaining about people saying that 2020 was a bad year or whether it's jokingly or or lighthearted or or serious however it's put but uh, it's spoken of as though it's just something that happened to us hmm. bad luck bad year we just had a bad year in 2020 and, I can't uh, wait for it to be over yeah yeah, yeah. right yeah well if we don't want 2021 to be the same, we need to think about what happened in 2020. The, uh, I, I think there's, there's three big things that happened in 2020 that stand out. One is the COVID scam. Uh, another is the uh, Black Lives Matter, social, social justice, Antifa riots. And of course, the third would be the sto uh, stolen election. Um, Things like the, the BLM, are, I think, are long-term failures. We've, we've failed to uh, educate people. We've failed to, to uh, uh, push back against the public schools. We've, we've sent our kids to the public schools. And that's where you get Antifa riots. But I think uh, the, 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 COVID's, the COVID scam was, was an on-the-spot failure of the church. Mm -hmm. The church, I think, is the primary or maybe the only place where the COVID scam could have been stopped. If churches would have, would have immediately resisted and stood up against it, um, I, I think it would have had a huge impact and we wouldn't be where we are today. The election, I think, was partially an outgrowth of the COVID scam. The leftists saw how easy it was to control the people, how little pushback there would be against uh, wrongdoing, and it, it certainly could not have helped the situation with the election. Um, another thing that, that's disturbing about that is what we're hearing now is, is the uh, churchmen who, who closed their churches and put on their masks and, and refused to stand up against it are saying that they're well. They were acting on the best information at the time. Right, right. They kind of know that they were wrong, so they're looking for an excuse. And they say, "Well, that, the best information at the time, we were just being careful and going by it." While there were men screaming in their face to stop doing what they were doing mm. and to stand up and resist, and they ridiculed these men. Mm. If 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 they don't somewhere along the line stand up and take responsibility for the things that they did wrong, they're just going to keep doing them wrong again. Next time, who knows what it'll be next time, but, but they, they need to change their thinking um, and just get out of this mindset of, of copying what the world does in, in every situation that comes along. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, the, the, the gym owners and the restaurant owners who are fighting back, I think are, are only going to get temporary victories. If the church doesn't fight back, then there's not going to be any sort of permanent victory at all. I don't, I don't think at all. Yeah, and, and, and what the church is facing now, I, I mean, if, if people decide finally to fight back, it's this huge, long uphill battle that would have been easily won last March. Mm. It, I, I think it would have been uh, a, a pretty easy victory right. for churches to say, no, 
uh, we, we've looked into this. It's not what you're saying, and we're not closing. And, and I think that it would have been a, it was a leadership opportunity dropped in the lap of the church. Yeah. And, and the church took it and threw it in the gutter. And that's not the fault of 2020. Mm. That's the fault of the churches and the Christians and the pastors. Yeah, Jim, I, I hate to say this, what I'm about to say, because some people are going to see it like as an, a church, an attack on the church, but I see it as a defense on the real true church of Jesus Christ. You know, you're talking about the lack of courage that's going on in our pulpits. And, you know, that courage is going to refine itself, I think, tomorrow, right? All these churches, all these pastors that have said for years, just preach the gospel. You know, you know we, don't, we don't do politics here. I promise you, they are going to find their courage tomorrow. They're going to stand up in their pulpits and they're going to condemn this awful violence down in Washington, D.C. And, you know, this is an attack on our democracy. Right. Pastor, what are you doing you just had an election stolen, and you still have faith in democracy? You know what? Your faith, my friend, is seriously misplaced. But what, what worries me about what I'm saying, and I, I'm saying this about pastors, and I don't like saying it all, but hey, you know what? That's not my problem. That's, that's their problem. They're going to speak up because the object of their faith has now been attacked. Hmm. They have faith in democracy. They have faith in their government. And I can give examples of this. Uh, a, a friend of mine uh, got a letter from, from his pastor, Jim. From his pa this is from the pastor now, right? And said, you know what? We need you to wear start wearing masks in our congregation unless you have a strong conviction against it. And then get this, what happens next, right? He goes, you know, the Bible isn't really clear uh, about this. Uh, it doesn't tell you to wear masks or not wear that. masks. This is a pastor <laughs> in his email, right? It right? doesn't really say. And the, then you know what he goes to next? <laughs> He goes to the word of our health secretary, right, and says, you know, you got to wear masks. Hmm. Oh, okay, I think, I think I know where the object of your faith is. <laughs> the right. Bible's not clear, but the health secretary. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. We can't believe the Bible in this, but we can believe the health secretary. And this will go on tomorrow morning in our pulpits across the land. Yeah. And they're going to read these, these articles that tell us how terrible the uh, attack on yeah. the Capitol was. And they're going to condemn it. I've, yeah, yeah, I'm against it. I've been yeah. against it the whole time. Yeah. Oh, I'm well, ashamed, I'm ashamed of my own political party. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I'm going to run, run away from as fast as I can. And, you know, I was thinking about this. I was thinking, you know, I, I'm not a good skit person. But if I, if I could, I'd want to do this skit. And I'm going to be the, uh, the, the news anchor. You know, the, with the serious look, you know, thousands of people embrace the security of the capital. Yeah, this, this kind of thing, right? And I, I just do my this just in. This just in. Hundreds of thousands of protesters breached the security of the capital and did hundreds of dollars worth of damage. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy, now there's something newsworthy. Meanwhile, these same people were dead asleep when hundreds of people yeah. were doing Hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars worth of security. And those same pastors are going to be talking tomorrow morning. Right. Those same guys yep. Yep. are going to be all up in arms about it. Shame yep. on them. Yep. We know, and I hate saying it, but we know where the object of their faith is now. Yep. We've known it before with COVID and you know, wearing their masks. And what, whatever. I, I saw it on church websites, Jim, where they, they had a, a pipeline right to the health secretary. And they said on their website, whatever the CDC and the WHO and the health secretary tells us to do, we're going to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. what to yeah. God, we had that view when we were reading the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the oh, uh, just, just preach the gospel pastors are tomorrow. They're not going to just preach the gospel. They're going to go way off the reservation and start condemning political parties, something they should have done years ago.
Jim, uh, you said that we had this wonderful leadership opportunity dropped into the lap of the church, and and we and the church booted it. But doesn't it raise the question of what is the church? Is what's the true church? There are we know of a couple dozen pastors, including our own, who didn't comply. They did take the leadership opportunity. They did educate and, and teach their congregations. The, the problem ends up being whether or not what's called the church out here, the visible church, is actually any more Christ's church. We used to be able to make that distinction in, in, uh, in the days of the Cold War when we, when we looked at the Soviet Union. It was no problem then to say, well, the real church is the underground church. This church that you see is, is uh, yes. the government church. Heading back to those now, times It, it was quick. pretty clear in that situation. And Maybe it's just as clear now, but we don't want to admit it. Well, mm. That may be. And, oh, man. And, sure also points, it. Yeah, yeah. and it points out how small the church is here yeah. in the U.S. And yeah. are we surprised? I mean, after years and years of abortion and sexual wickedness, are we surprised that when... The, the chaff gets blown away, how little wheat there actually is. Well, it, or, okay, back to critical thinking. What's the, <laughs> what's the possibil- other possibility is that just because we know of only dozens of pastors doesn't mean that there aren't thousands of pastors who have done the right thing, but they're just small, little, under-the-radar churches like ours, uh, yeah, it, you, you you see it if you if you look at the discussions on social media. If you look, it, it's hard not enough. always real obvious, but here here and there, somebody will yeah. pop up and say, "Well, we we didn't close, and our pastor stood against it." Yeah. they're they're out there. They they are out, there. out there, and and so, it, you know, it, I don't want to be so completely discouraging, and saying, "Oh, you know, the the church is dead," because it might be very much alive, but just not visible yeah i i when i shared a post on the uh, pennsylvania uh restaurants that are still open page a part of on facebook they said that you know i'm disappointed that the restaurants are fighting the battles of the church and they're being more successful at it than the church is um a lot of people got in there and said you know uh, you know our church closed down for a little bit but we've we've been open and we've and some of them said we've always been open we've never shut down but i'm, I'm at the point where that you know that's not good enough that's not good enough. I don't want a sheriff to say, we're not going to enforce any of these edicts, you know, because when I talked to some local cops, they said, we can't enforce them. We actually can't. So the sheriff saying, well, we're not going to enforce them kind of means nothing at the end of the day because you never could have originally enforced <laughs> them anyway. Yeah, to. it's the stateies that got enforced. These are state edicts, right? So, or I don't know what they're called, the state mandates, whatever, you know, however unconstitutional they are. It's not good enough that the, the sheriff says we're not going to force them. I want the sheriff to do what they did in that um, that case of the uh, Athens, uh, Athens, yeah, Tennessee. the the uh, the, uh, the raw milk case where okay. he in, said Indiana, yeah, yeah, Indiana, where he said I'm not going to enforce the raw milk edict. He said if anyone does try to enforce the raw milk thing, I'm going to arrest them, every last one of them. I want the sheriff to say that. I don't want the sheriff. I, I want to say I want the, I want the sheriff to say. I'm not going to enforce the uh, state mandates or close your businesses. And if anybody does, if the state tries to come down and give you a fine, you let me know, and I'm going to get out there. I'm going to arrest everybody. Okay, that's what I want to yeah, hear. That, that's, and and yeah. that's the same with pastors. I don't want to hear the well. We never shut down. I want to see the pastors who leave their pulpits and go out there and say, not only on social media. I mean, social media is good though, but on not only social media, but go to the Capitol Hill like a lot of pastors did 
when you went out there to protest. Yeah, I met a few. A few yes, there. Yeah, and be a voice and say, I'm leaving my pulpit and I'm going to the, 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 the civil magistrate and I'm telling him, thus says the Lord. That's what I want to see. It's not good enough to say, we never shut down. You know, because a lot of those pastors never shut down because they needed the money, right? So, uh, you know, it, it, that's not good enough anymore. It's got to be, we, I, my pastor left his pulpit and did something about it. I, I, maybe he yeah. didn't change the world, but at least he tried. And I, I want to address this this topic of the pastors in bed with um, with the state. These were the same ones that rejected the idea of God's law throughout the Bible. Same ones because, oh, you're mixing church and state. And all we were ever saying is, no, there's the same sovereign over each one of them. Right. But they were all about, oh, we can't mix church and state. Well, uh, how about this now, what we're going to hear tomorrow from these pulpits? They are so in bed with the state. But you know what? The very same scribes and Pharisees that we argue against, we laugh at, and we, and we mock, they have shown us the way to stand up and say at the crucifixion of Christ on Passover, release Barabbas, junior high murderer, and we have no king but Caesar, senior high murderer, how much more, what do you want? But you know what? We already, we already had, Luke, we already had a, a, um, a, a priest, a, what we call a pre-clairvoyant, uh, not clairvoyant, but we already had a warning, if you will. Mm-hmm. And that was, you remember when they challenged Christ over, was it lawful to pay taxes or not? Do you remember who showed up with the scribes and Pharisees and the Herodians? Mm-hmm. Oh my word. You mean, you mean the scribes and Pharisees were in bed with the Herodians the whole time and we just didn't know it? Yes, they were, and now we know. And you know what? Now we know. Yeah. Now we know who's in bed with the state. The same people have been hollering about separation of church and state, and you can't enforce God's law, blah, blah, blah. Right. They're in bed with the wicked state status leaders. That's unfortunately, yeah. very yeah. true. There's another error that's that's lurking out there. I, I, I wrote an article about it. It's on our website. Uh, the churches need to be defending businesses. They need to be defending restaurants. Yes. And instead, yes. many of them are out looking for an exception. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you should let churches do this and you should let churches. Well, let's not worry about what churches specifically are allowed, allowed to do. Mm-hmm. L- let's worry about what everybody is yeah. ha- has a right to do. Yes, right. Right. And the responsibility and, and to the do. Responsibility and the responsibility to do. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, the, the churches need to defend, be defending everybody around them, not, not looking for uh, special treatment or exceptions for themselves. Right. You see this in a lot of, uh, a lot of the other legislation, like uh, hiring, uh, hiring restrictions and requirements and so forth. The churches go out and look for an exception. Well, it, well nobody should well, be required to hire. Yeah. Right, that guy that they don't uh, want to hire. Right. Anybody that they don't want to hire. Yeah, right. but the churches look for an exception. We, we, we say, well, you know, we, we won't complain if this doesn't apply to us. Right, when, right. When what we should be doing is going out and saying, no, this is wrong. It should not apply yes. to anybody. Absolutely. You're exactly right, Jim. This month I want to talk about something that uh, it's a couple months old, but I think it's indicative of... Uh, you know, the three big problems that we had last year, the Black Lives Matter riots, um, the stolen election, and uh, the COVID-19 nonsense. This one has more to do with the, the Black Lives Matter um, stuff that we saw. This is back in October. Are you guys familiar with uh, Phil Vischer? I am. 
Phil Vischer, he did the Veggie Tales. Veggie Tales. Okay. Ah, okay. Which I think is one of the greatest examples of Christian art that I've ever seen. Those guys are really good. In their prime, they were making great, funny, um, you know, cartoons, if you will, digitally animated vegetables, you know, singing songs and spitting Bible verses and stuff like that. It was it was really good. Their songs were really, really good. It was incredible. I was It's one of the greatest examples of Christian art I've ever seen. But now Phil Vischer, unfortunately, is woke. And uh, now he's sharing stuff like he's going back on stuff he said earlier, saying stuff like, I wish I didn't make VeggieTales the way I made it. You know, I think I was wrong. You know, making, you know, he's now he's out and he's woke and now he's kind of undoing a lot of the work that he did. If, if, if indeed he did any work, because I mean, let's be, let's face it, that stuff wasn't exactly, you know, life changing material he was putting into that stuff. So, um, he released a video that I saw back in October about abortion. Okay, and I want to play just a little clip that, uh, and uh, I'll explain why I was so angry after I watched it. I'm just going to play a little clip of him introducing a video. I won't play the whole thing. Here we go. I was in high school in the early 1980s when evangelical Christians first started focusing on abortion. And the one thing we all agreed on was that overturning Roe versus Wade was the key to reducing abortion in America. Forty years later, we still haven't overturned Roe. Today, some pro-life evangelical Christians are asking whether this is still the right focus of so much of our attention. Is overturning Roe the key to reducing abortion? Our friend David French made an argument that really got us thinking. And when my podcast co-host, Sky Jatani, echoed that argument on Twitter, people said, hey, you should make a video about that. So we did. Here's my buddy Sky trying to answer the question, is overturning Roe versus Wade the key to reducing abortion in America? And if it isn't, what is? It's okay if you disagree, but it's worth having the conversation. Okay, here it is. For almost 50 years, Christians have been told that who you support for president will either save or sacrifice the lives of unborn babies. This has led a lot of pro-life Christians to become single-issue voters, willing to overlook everything else about a candidate as long as they're against abortion. Here we go. When a candidate's bad character or unchristian policies are brought up, the response is often, yeah, but abortion. The argument looks something like this. My vote determines the president. The president nominates justices to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court can overturn Roe v. Wade, and overturning Roe will make abortion illegal and that's where I shut it off. I was so mad. I actually didn't even get that far originally. But I went back this morning and listened to the whole thing just to make sure. But it, but it was everything I knew. My worst fears confirmed. Or my obvious fears confirmed. Uh, they make some points in that thing about, in, in that video about, I said thing. They make some points in that video that are good points about the futility of the battle being fought at reverse weight level. That's not the issue. If we get it overturned, nothing's going to happen is what they're, gonna, what they're saying. But this was during the whole Biden-Trump presidential race. And I... Context. Yes, yes, context. So I'm here to tell you that that actually had nothing to do with abortion. What they're trying to do in that video was get you to vote for somebody who's pro-abortion. That's the whole purpose of that video, the whole purpose. And, And I want to say everyone who's involved in that video is an absolute hypocrite. Here's why. Because when I watched that video... I mentally replaced the word abortion and put in racism. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, see how far you get. If you redid that video, instead of putting abortion there, you put he's a racist. 
okay? So, oh, you're a single issue voter, you know, like, you know, you shouldn't be a single issue voter. I can promise you, Phil Vischer, if, you, if, I, if I said I'm a Christian, I believe God is, is sovereign, I believe in the Bible, I believe in the democratic process, you know, all that kind of stuff, but I'm a racist, he wouldn't be like, well, you know, he's got everything else right, and, and, and electing him, we're not going to end racism with electing him, so yeah, I'll vote for him. Phil, 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 why are you a single issue voter? Because he's been sharing the nonsense about like, oh, racism is what made America, going back and reinterpret everything through the eyes of racism, right? But he is such a hypocrite because they're, they're, they're nickel and diamond Christians about being a single issue voter on abortion. When they are single issue voters on racism, there's no question in my mind about it. There's no question in my mind. If it, That's why they don't like Donald Trump. Because he's a racist. You know, he could be ever doing everything else right. But it, but if you even hint that you're racist, people like Phil Vischer be like, don't vote for him. Don't vote for him. He's a racist. He's a racist. I don't care if he does everything else right. And But but here they are, nickel and dime and everybody else. Well, don't be a single issue voter. And and how much of a racist would he sound like if he, if he got up there and he said, well, the only problem with him is that he's a racist, right? That's the only problem. So, you know, <laughs> but now you would definitely sound like a racist. Oh, you would be condemned so fast. You'd, you'd lose your platform. Oh, it'd be over. You'd be demonetized. It'd be over. But he gets to get up there and tell people, well, you know, abortion really isn't that important. So you're not going to change anything. So if Biden's pro-abortion, just vote for him because you're not going to change anything. Phil, you're a hypocrite. That's what I'm here to tell you. This, this is so classic. Killing people is nothing. Saying certain stuff is everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. Right. They, they, they've elevated racism to be... In America, the racist is absolutely the worst sin you could commit. I mean, there's nothing worse than that. You could be a murderer, pedophile, rapist, all three, right? But if you're a racist, it's, it's over. And it's the whole systemic ra racism thing doesn't exist. I right. mean, the laws aren't there. It does not exist. Right. I've seen people try to prove it. That can't be done. Right. So, so, so now you're, you're elevating something that doesn't exist as preeminent over something that actually does. Right, yeah. Right, right. Racism can lead to killing people. It's worse than actually killing people. Oh, my word. Here they, we are. Such a they're such hypocrites. I, when I saw that, I was so mad that, that Phil Vischer could get up there and say, and, and if I know if anyone pressed him, would you vote for a racist? No. Then why are you saying unless you vote or fail? You know, uh, but, but, but all these babies are dying around here. Got all these children dying and being killed and murdered. Black ones too, Phil. And, uh, oh, I just don't, uh, well, we're not going to end it, so why not just vote for a guy pro, who's pro-choice? Oh, it's so frustrating. Not to mention that abortion was designed to get rid of black get rid babies. Get black babies, yeah. That, you know. And it, in fact, it is effective at it. It's yes. very effective at it. Yeah. And still, disproportionate numbers of black babies are aborted. Yeah. Disproportionate to the population. Disproportionate to the population. Yep. But that, that's her, that was her grand vision, right? Uh, well, at least one of them anyway. So, Luke, what's his, uh, what's his problem? A lack of critical thinking? Or Phil a, a, a defective worldview? Him? Or all Which, of the above? Uh, in, in that video? No, what, then, why what, is he woke? What leads, him to, what leads him to make those comments? Well, why? I mean, we're, we're saying he's wrong, mm -hmm. uh, w w without doubt. What caused him to come to those conclusions? I don't know. I don't know what caused him to come, come to those conclusions. Is it his wallet? I, I, I don't know. I don't know what... I, I mean... I, for, for most people who go woke late in their life, who have had a, a, a Christian testimony before, you know, the foundation was never there. The foundation was never there. Um, I won't be surprised if Phil Vescher comes out as an atheist in a couple, in maybe 10 or 15 years. That's usually what I expect from people who start to go this route, is they're heading towards, 
atheism. You know, I explained to you once, I think, my view on the trajectory of people. Because a lot of times in the trajectory, uh, Christians have this trajectory, and a true Christian, the, the end goal is Christ and his word. That's where we're heading, right? And there are a lot of people who also have a trajectory that sometimes lines up with Christianity, but their destination is a different place. They're headed for wokeness, or they're headed for atheism. And their trajectory intersects with my trajectory, and for a while we think we're on the same team. But as we keep going and push comes to shove, we get further and further apart in our trajectories. And at the end, I realize, oh, he was never headed for Christ at all. He was headed for atheism, or he was headed for Buddhism, or whatever. So for a while, Phil Vischer had the same trajectory as the Christians, Christ and his word, but now he's actually headed for, I don't know, wokeness. I don't, I don't know where he's headed for, but it's, I don't think it's Christ and his word with that, with that stupid video. Joel, that, there, there must be some sort of parallel in, in Bunyan's uh, Pilgrim's Progress here. Yeah, there, there, there's certainly Traveling the same path. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, there certainly yeah, is. One, and uh, yeah, a couple guys that, um, that were, I mean, I have so many favorite characters in Pilgrim's Progress, but there's two, ignorance and talkative. Mm -hmm. I, it's, it's hard to come up with two terms that describe mainstream Christianity better. <laughs> They're ignorant and they talk about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And they are ignorant of the Bible. Yeah. They're ignorant. Yeah. But. Well, folks, that wraps up this month's podcast. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. You can find the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society online at thinkandreform.org and also futureofchristendom.org. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And remember our motto, Think and Reform, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Think and Reform podcast. Find us online at thinkandreform.org. This podcast is done by Luke Saint, Joel Saint, John Bingaman, and Jim Mogul. The music you hear on here is done by Bradley St. James. You can find him online on SoundCloud and on Spotify. Thanks for listening.